Hi, everybody. Welcome to Artifice episode 144. Today's interview is a special one with one of my oldest friends, um, a friend who knew me at a really specific time in my life. And um, we were thinking about this the other day and realized we had like something crazy, like a nine year hiatus where we didn't talk to each other. Maybe it was like that feels wrong as I'm saying it, but I, I feel like that's what it was. Um, anyway, maybe I'll have a little like update on this fact later. Um, but we, we have been talking so much in the last couple of years and have been sort of marveling at the fact that, um, despite, you know, many, many changes that both of us have gone through that we feel the same kind of soul to soul connection that we felt, um, all those years ago. And it's just like a gift to watch this friend, um, go through a her journey of kind of discovering her mediums and figuring out, you know, how she wants to express herself. So I feel like this is a great, um, this is a great episode for anyone who feels like there's art like inside them. They feel like they, you know, are an artist, um, but but are still kind of figuring out like exactly what they're doing and what they're making. And uh, Emily, this friend's also named Emily. Um, she's just like, she's an incredible example of this. Like I've hardly ever known anyone in my life who's more obviously an artist. Um, but she's just kind of at the beginning of this process of kind of figuring out how to get these things out of her mind and her body and, you know, into other forms. So <clears throat> I'm really excited about that. I don't have any announcements. It's not that there's not stuff going on. I just don't have anything to announce. If you want to be following along, please join my mailing list. I'm putting a lot of writing there. Uh, I don't like to think of it like a newsletter because it, it really isn't a newsletter. I write like I write essays, um, you know, about all sorts of artful subjects um, and ponderings and reflections. And um, I'm really trying to write about the sort of research process that I'm in um, right now is I'm sort of beginning a new project, you know, after kind of closing some chapters of The Hallowed Wide. Um, so if you want to kind of watch me go through that process of, um, you know, uh, sort of weaving my way like th out of this, you know, as uh, Catherine and I talked about two episodes ago, this thicket of ideas and images and um, and different things and kind of uh, kind of weaving those into like one story and one project. And um, I'm really excited about it. It feels vulnerable, but it feels right. So, yeah, please join me there. Um, and otherwise, you know, I think that's it for now. OK, let me tell you a little bit more about Emily. Emily Young is an artist proficient in the medium of embracing the here and now. Amen. Her gifts span from guiding mothers through birthing realms to examining consciousness and healing through plant medicine. 20 years ago, the black and white may have talked about her going to court reporting school for all the wrong reasons or eating pancakes and playing the piano high in her Mormon church. 10 years ago, she was a few months sober out of her second rehab, starting at the nonprofit she would be with for eight years before ayahuasca and the plague revolutionized her world. Today, she lives in a blue house with an orange door in Denton, Texas. She pays the mortgage as a doula and educator. Currently, her focuses are in the birth and postpartum arenas, and she is excited to have expansion into other passions in the works. 
In early 2022, she started her own company, Dancing With Now, a name that perfectly reflects her approach to life and birth that allows her the freedom to follow her professional flow wherever it leads. It's really true. I remember when Emily texted me and was like, I think I have the name for this new business. And I was like, no, it can never be anything else. Of course, this is what it is. It feels so right. And it's so true. And um, she and I have spent a lot of time talking about um, the different ideas she has. We talk about some of them in, in this episode. Episode, and I cannot wait to see more and more of them coming to life and being out in the world. So without further ado, please enjoy this conversation with my dear friend, Emily Young. Here comes. Great art almost feels like magic. It opens our minds to brand new ideas and teaches us to see ourselves and our world more clearly. Of course, behind all great art, there are artists. And I think that's where the real magic happens. As we go beneath the art itself to explore how artists do what they do, we see glimpses of the sorts of creativity and resilience that lead to the art that moves our world. And maybe we can learn to borrow some of that magic for our own thinking. That's the goal here. And now that we're on the same page, let's dive in. I'm Emily Merrill, and this is Artifice. Okay, Emily, do you have questions before we begin? <laughs> <coughs> do you already have like your questions like laid out? They're in my brain. Okay, okay. Listen, every guest gets their own questions. That's how this works. I'm excited. Do you have questions? Um, no, I think editing was my only, like... Okay. Um, we question. are going to have a conversation about art and creativity and art identity. I was thinking a little bit last night about how to begin... Kate, hold on. I'm just, this microphone is really cramping my style. Yeah, it's like going <laughs> flaccid on you. <laughs> it is. It's fall. I need to tighten those like little screws. Um, but also it was caught over there. This is better. <laughs> um, yeah, so I was thinking a bit last night about this. And I was thinking like, you know, you and I were talking a couple of nights ago. Emily's been staying with me for the listener. I was, we were talking a couple nights, uh, of nights ago about like, that um, I've been focusing a lot on friendship in this last year because I finally went, I went no contact with my dad. Then there was a global pandemic. And so we put friendships a little bit on pause and I'm like really working on it this year and, you know, have this like kind of like a wonderful blessing of an opportunity of you coming to stay with me. Cool. And you and I have been talking about like art things for like a while now, like, how long do you think we've been like actively talking about art things? Like at least a couple of years, right? Yeah. Yeah. And I think a lot of that is like you are working on coming into your own as like an artist mm -hmm. and there's just no better time to like talk about these things. Like this point of a process that you're in, I think is like deeply valuable to like, to kind of honor and discuss and flesh out a bit. And we've been doing it, but we're going to do it for the podcast now. <laughs> so I guess I, I guess what I'd like to do is just give a little history on our friendship, give a little context, and then we're going to talk about your life. Okay. Okay. Um, <clears throat> it's morning, right? <clears throat> and I, these, these dear listeners, they may know, they may know that I had a sinus infection two weeks ago and I just, it is a slow recovery process for the mornings. By the nighttime, I feel very normal. And in the mornings, it's like, well, there's phlegm here that wasn't there before. 
<laughs> you know, there may be something here, and what it is is phlegm. Anyways, also, it's it's not it's not not a thing that like the thing that gave me the sinus infection was the ragweed pollen, and it has not, it has not left us. <laughs> it's still there. It's, it's still, still there. Us. Yeah, this my my mic clip is like it's just not. It needs to be tightened. But I can also just stop fidgeting and that will help. <clears throat> so, Emily and I have been friends since about 2008. At least, yeah. I moved to Texas in the fall of 2007. So, I think, right? Yeah. That picture and on Facebook was 2008, that time. Yeah. Up, yeah. So, the, f- the fall of 2007, so late 2007. And most of the people that I'm still in contact with from that period of my life were other people that I went to school with. But Emily and I did not go to school together. What we did do is go to church together. (laughs) And and also, like, but weirdly, like, we got up to a lot of, like, very PG shenanigans in Denton, Texas. (laughs) And spent a lot of time together. And, yeah, have just been, like, staying in contact and now are both in very different places in our lives. Um, that's enough context, right? I feel like it is. Okay. So on this podcast, we start with the childhood and that's because I am obsessed with creative development in the context of human development. I find it to be like fascinating. So I would love it if you could talk a little bit about like what, how your, how your creativity like manifested itself in your childhood. And it doesn't have to be like with art projects, you know, Just like when you think back, when you think about like the things that you identify as your creativity now, what were those things doing when you were a child? Um, As a kid, I actually did write. Like I can remember I was like a young author. Of course you were. (laughs) See, you don't need to be. I say this to my guests like all the time, but like we don't need to apologize for like the adorably like narcissistic things we did as children. Because when you're a child, that's normal. Mm-hmm. right <laughs> yeah. so w- what kinds of wait so how old were you when you were like I am an author um, like when like I think I was a I think I won in like second or third fourth somewhere around there won like a poetry contest won it like was a, a book holy shit. I wrote a book about a, a gal losing her um stuffed toy at six flags oh it was a it was a literary masterpiece how long was your book <laughs> um I don't know about that thick. <laughs> <laughs> like, uh, like it was a picture like a book, few, a few pages. Yeah, it was Cute. a picture book, but it had a it had a beginning. Middle okay, and end. so now was this book that you entered into the contest? Was this your first book? Yes, I was not the kind that was like always you weren't prolific. No, as a <laughs> again, it's fine. <laughs> I would like have journal entries, but like unless somebody was telling me I had to do it, like mm. I wasn't doing it. So the picture book, you illustrated this book as well. I did. Okay, Author and now, illustrator. Tell me if here. you can remember, like, what did you feel about it? Did you feel like this is really excellent? I have taken this very seriously. Did you feel like, oh, this is fun? And like my mom entered it into this contest. Like, what was your relationship with it like? It was like a school assignment. Okay. Like we had to do it. Okay. And um that's, I've actually been published. I was published one time for a poem in high school. A poem. A poem. A, poem. <laughs> a poem. I like to call myself a poem writer. I like to call them poems. <laughs> poems. <Yeah. 
I like that too. I have a I have a poem published as well from a contest. Right? And it's in this like anthology, but like I wrote it. It was a you had to write something about a month of the year. Like it was a school yeah. assignment. Okay. I but see. it was they were just like, Oh, this is good. So Let's tell me this with this book. You're in like second grade, right? Yeah, something like that. Elementary school. After you won, then how did you feel about it? Good. Did you feel like this is really something I ought to do more? No, because I I wasn't a very confident kid. Like yeah. my mom wasn't artistic, so like the message I got, like it wasn't an artistic house, right? Like my dad was like on art project or like school like yeah. assignments and stuff. We'd work together, but it wasn't like a. So this is another thing that I've been asking like all of my guests in the last like, you know, maybe close to a year. Um, I've been thinking about it a lot. Like, and you and I were talking about this the other night. Like just the idea that creativity, like you can call almost anything creativity. Like we start with like the arts cause they're, you know, easy to identify. And then we stretch out and talk about like, you know, um, creative like leadership and <clears throat> pretty soon like creativity is just like a, a, a value system. And I've been thinking a lot about the way that like those kinds of things, like creative thinking are, either taught to us in our childhoods or like we just kind of figure them out out of necessity. So I've been talking a lot with other artists about like whether their parents modeled like creative thinking, like creative discussion, like is there like a, is there kind of like a family practice around like talking about questions? Um, I feel like I might know what your answer might be, but I'd like for you to talk on this subject, please. Um, It wasn't, it wasn't a particularly like yeah. artistic home, but like I was a very inquisitive child and yeah. like, um, of course you were, you know, like I asked a lot of questions and my parents were always like supportive of like the creative thinking and like Good. answering my imponderables. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah. How can birds sit on telephone wires? And, and then what do you remember about like your mind at that time? Do you remember feeling, and it's okay if you just don't remember, but if you can remember like being inside that Emily's mind like do you feel kind of like interested in like your own question asking like do you do you feel like this inquisitiveness is like something you kind of identify with identify identify with like a need to know yeah I think knowing was safe you know in a lot of ways yeah um but to be honest I don't like my childhood is kind of a blur, a blurry. Um, yeah. and I don't, I don't remember a lot of it to okay. be honest. So, your creativity, because of the aforementioned, don't remember much. Will you just tell me what you do remember with your creativity, like through the later childhood and through the teens? Like, what is it doing? And it can be like just thinking things. It could also be like. I'm also really interested in the way that our creativity is like enriched when we like thoughtfully consume like mm-hmm. art mm-hmm. books. So like just how is like your creative mind and any creative skill sets like developing f- like up until, you know, you're like about to finish high school or something. I think like the creative things I did, I did writing, but again, most of it was like assigned. Sure. So unless I had like a direction and like an impetus, like somebody else was telling me that I needed to create something, um, I wasn't making a whole lot of things from scratch. Do you feel like you like would have liked it if more people were giving you creative assignments? 
Um, I think now I would almost enjoy having creative assignments, you know, that I was told to being do told to be doing then, like I was struggling with a lot. And yeah. so it was like, I don't know if I could have handled having, you know, I More wouldn't like have wanted work. it. Yeah. yeah. Um, it's crazy to think of that. Like, it's another thing that I think is like, so like particularly American and it's like such a like capitalism thing that like art, like art artisticness like in children is like homework like it's a burden yeah (laughs) it's like it's a have to like I never sat and like drew stuff for fun and and certainly not all of my guests feel that way like I think that speaks to probably like I don't know if I had to guess like a bit of Mormonism (laughs) like you know and also just like you had a lot of pressure like there was just a lot of pressure on you as a child but I definitely have like you know a lot of my guests like they're earliest relationship with creativity is like it's a self-soothe you know like it certainly isn't something that feels like this is a task that like an adult has given me yeah but you kind of always felt like that yeah well I did I I sang pretty interesting actually I like sang and I did plays but it was like I was you play piano yeah when did you start taking piano lessons I started at eight with Miss Cheney, and she was a hard ass. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, did you, like, like that? Like, did you kind it of was feel a, like... It was a really yeah. good foundation. Like, yeah. at the time, I was not a fan. Yeah. Because um, yeah. we had to memorize everything, like, with a but metronome. were you kind of like... Okay, I'm projecting right now. Were you, like, not a fan, but kind of a fan? Um... <clears throat> Like I, I liked the structure yeah. and it like, it was a good foundation. But at the time, like one time she cut my sister's fingernails cause she didn't like the <gasps> clickety clack. She, on, cut she did not like the clickety clack on the, Whoa. on the ticka, ticka, ticka. Yeah. And, uh, she clipped her nails and she clipped one of them too short oh. and she called my sister a big ham. Oh. <laughs> so like she was, she was kind of mean. She, she was, was like kind of 85 years old, sundress, I tennis see. shoe wearing, Ooh, but like I the foundation. See. Yeah. Miss Cheney provided. Well, I do find that when you have a hard ass as a teacher, there is something safe about it sometimes because mm-hmm. the expectations are quite clear. But yeah. like, are they like a, a hard ass who's like a little crazy? Like cutting your sister's fingernails, like that is a boundary violation. Yeah, it was like a dark room, like a dark house yeah, with like cats in it. But like we got stickers when we memorized the yeah. piece. So like it's, it was balanced. I do balanced. sometimes feel like having a person who it's also like this idea of advocacy it's another one of my favorite like pet topics but like i think a lot of children again maybe this is kind of american maybe this is a bit like capitalism but a lot of children do feel like they don't have an advocacy over their creativity like it needs to be assigned it needs Mm -hmm. to be like adults need to be involved in it but i do find that like even in a situation like you have a hard-ass piano teacher like it what it's also doing is like there's an adult who's expecting you as a child to take something seriously and that can also be like as a child you could get a little high on that as well <laughs> do you do you relate to that yeah yeah we did, like we did a lot like of- you're part of something mm-hmm. yeah or like something like serious is being like expected of you and like you can fucking rise to that occasion and you have like something to do yeah you know like a so did, was Miss Cheney like pleased with your playing? Like, were yeah. you a star student? And did that, how did that feel? Uh, it felt good. I was always low key better than my sister at the piano, yeah. which like, to be honest, that felt yeah. good too. Of course. 
Yeah, of course. <laughs> like I was, she was, she memorized stuff and could play by ear much better than I could. Yeah. But I, um. Sight reading's where it's at, man. Yeah. Like I read the That's music, but like skill. my timing, because we moved around a lot. So mm-hmm. I went from teacher to teacher. So I mm-hmm. had like Miss Cheney, like the hard ass in Texas. But then in Korea, I had a teacher who spoke Korea. very little English. Yeah. And would like, look, I can see her looking up legato, but she was saying, play it regato. Yeah. And I right. didn't know what it meant. Right, right, right. And, and so it was like the language barrier yeah. was, was a little tricky, but because sure. I had had Miss Cheney, like. You kind of had your basics there. Yeah. And most of the time I was playing hymns. Ow. So the timing was right. like. Those are hard. I mean, that's hard though. Like for the listener, there is definitely a culture in Mormonism <laughs> of like many many children who maybe aren't interested in music still learn to play the piano it's definitely like a and it happens because like nobody gets paid in mormonism like there aren't paid musicians like everyone's volunteering their time so you know if you're gonna have music you need a lot of people who can play the piano so learning to play like the hymns it's actually really difficult you're playing like four part like choir (laughs) like you're playing like choral parts and like the voice leading is not always great and like it's not it's not piano music you're playing like choral parts on the piano yeah and that's really all I played yeah like I never it wasn't very express like I mean I guess it was expressive sometimes but then when I left the church I also feel like I kind of ended up leaving playing the piano because there was less that makes perfect sense and also like I do find that this is this is not like a negligible topic of like art being kind of co-opted again like I've it's I keep saying it but art being kind of co-opted by like capitalism and then your entire relationship with the piano is like this is a function Mm -hmm. and And it's not yeah and where am I gonna play if I'm not playing yeah how old were you when you lived in Korea I was fifth and fourth, fourth and fifth. Wow, a little baby. Yeah. Um, did your time there like inform your creative thinking just in the sense of like, oh, the world is bigger. Like, did you see things that kind of like informed your, you know, own inquisitive mind? Probably. Um, but not like with any awareness at the time. Sure. Sure. Um, and I didn't try to think what I, oh, I did. I did choir in elementary school I also did um choir and like madrigals in high school cool Um, so you were serious about choir but it was never a thing of like maybe I should major in music right I was never I never felt good enough to have majored in music do you feel like that was because you like weren't good enough or do you feel like those things are like those permission things like I think it was wonder about that I think it was permission I also like not to sound woo-woo but I really think my like throat chakra, like I had a lot going on that I wasn't talking about. And I think so that's what I mean. And that's yeah, I feel you, like my throat was literally tight yeah. and I didn't have the confidence to put like that air and that power sure, sure. under a voice you, that you need. First of all, you're welcome to woo <laughs> permission to woo. <laughs> also as a voice teacher, I feel strongly about these things. Like, I don't know that much about like Eastern philosophy. I would, I don't know that I would use, like, I don't know that I would talk about throat chakra, but if you're doing it, I believe, like, I, I believe you, but also like, just, I, I, I know these things to be true. Like psychologically singing is very, and dancing too. Like if you have like, if you have body things or you have like voice things, like figurative voice, here's what I'm trying to say, figurative voice and literal voice 
they are linked up tight. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that's, yeah. I think my relationship with singing is also like deeply intertwined with my relationship with trauma. I just, I think I just like went a different direction with it. Like it was a place where I did have a voice, mm-hmm. um, where I was permitted to like make noise. You know, we, ha- we have different like relationships with trauma and different yeah. things, but I, I definitely feel like those kinds of things can interrupt, which again is why like, I'm kind of obsessed with like, how does our creative development happen? Because mm-hmm. it's, you can't separate it from anything else that's kind of happening. Yeah. I feel like my like <clears throat> life experience will influence more of like anything I'm writing now. Like, I don't feel like I would be in a position to have the perspective I have. Totally. If I didn't have kind of my... The specific things. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, Another thing that I think is really interesting about you is like, it's so clear, like, you know, this podcast, like one of the questions that I kind of set out with when I started it, you know, three years ago, and it, 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 it goes through times and seasons, you know, like as I'm interested in different topics, I ask my guests about them and therefore the podcast, like it shifts a bit. But one of the questions that I kind of started out with, I think was just like, what the fuck is art you know like and what I've determined is like there is no such thing really it's like we have artfulness you know we have like artful thinking we have artful doing we have artful practices and I'm like more and more so feeling like the boundaries around art are like extremely porous Mm -hmm. and you are like a perfect example because like you've never really been kind of like given the right opportunities to like um really latch on to like any specific medium per se where like you feel like you can stake a claim but like I've known you a long time and you've always been an artful thinker like you and you've always been like a creative like the way the way it looks and feels to me is like you're creative with spoken language which like we were talking about this the other night and also anyone who's been listening to the podcast like has heard me say similar things, but what is spoken language if not writing? <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. like, if you are like creative, on the fly, <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> if if you're a person who's like creative with language, like that's creativity and that's writing. And I will say this too. So we we can still talk about any like teen things you feel like you need to talk about. But I'm okay. I'll we t- can circle back to teenage t- years, whatever you want. <laughs> if we need yeah. to. <laughs> um, but uh, when I met Emily, like it just was an interesting time, right? Like I'm majoring in jazz studies in a place that I've never lived, which like, I don't know if this felt like this, like at church, but like, it definitely felt to me like leaving your home states away and coming and declaring a jazz studies major at the university of North Texas definitely felt like a something to me. And I had a lot of like imposter syndrome, I think maybe partly because I was Mormon, Um, like I felt a little bit like, am I allowed to declare a major in jazz studies? Like my own kind of like art stuff was like tangled up and frustrated. Um, and then you were dealing with all kinds of things. You can say as much or as little as you want, but at that time we were just, we were both dealing with different things, but we both taught, we both did a lot of teaching Mm -hmm. at the church you were teaching Relief Society, which for the listener is like the women's group. 
And I don't remember if I was teaching Relief Society or like Sunday school or a little bit of both. Like maybe I was kind of like a substitute teacher. All I know is we were both frequently teaching. And basically what you're doing is prepare, like you're writing an hour long thing. I'd never thought about it before until you said that a few days ago. I was like, hold on. It's writing. And I specifically remember like you and I would talk about like the writing, (laughs) like we were talking about it, like what our goal is, like how you want this kind of thing to land. Like it's really creative. Like there's a little lesson manual and some people like just follow the lesson manual and you never did. It's really boring. Like PS, extremely boring, (laughs) extremely boring. Yeah. So I don't know, like it always felt to me like we were on like really similar pages with like thinking creatively, really having a specific goal. And while I think we were both going through different things, like I was maybe all in on the church for longer than you Mm -hmm. were all in on the church. So I don't know, you'll have to tell me, but like, I suspect that maybe like, I suspect that we were both trying to get our fellow congregation members to like think a little differently. Mm -hmm. What were like, what do you remember what any of like your kind of goals with those creative projects were well specifically in the mormon church anytime i was giving a lesson some of them it was always like you're not doing good enough you're not doing good enough be better be better like nothing you ever do is good enough so i always was trying to put a slant on it of like you're enough like you you're you know like whatever you're doing like your best is enough and not wanting to I didn't want people to leave the lesson feeling shittier than when they came, right. when they, when they came in. It wasn't, it wasn't always easy to do. Mm-mm, it was not no. always easy to do. And I feel like we, yeah, that's, I definitely was always, try, I think like, you know, retrospect is tricky and like, who knows what kind of mythology you're like overlaying on your life. But I do think at that time, like I was grappling with a lot of like self-worth problems and I mean, I was really like in the thick of it in that way and trying to solve a lot of things. And I think I also was really burdened by the idea that I was going through something that was invisible. Like I thought about that Mm -hmm. quite a bit. Like I just didn't feel like my insides were being um, looked for. Like on the outside, like I just felt like I was really trying to be like, this is who I am inside. And it was like, no one was looking for it. And so it's almost like it wasn't there. And so I think I was then obsessed with like perspective and paradigm shifting just like I am today. Mm -hmm. And maybe wasn't specifically thinking about like, Hey, let's leave the lesson feeling like we're enough, but like, let's leave the lesson with some questions. Like let's, let's see if we can, like my goal was always like, can we, you know, have the room generally be like, Hmm, I've never thought about that before. Yeah. Like just thinking, just having a new perspective, but like this is writing and it's not just writing. It's like, it's like a collaboration with like a room of people, Mm -hmm. you know, which is like, yeah. Cause then they say stuff and then you, you know, like you you have have to to direct it. You have to like comment on the things they're saying and you're doing that all in real time. Mm -hmm. I think it's like, it's kind of performance art, (laughs) you know, like it's a combination of writing and performance art. Yeah. Right. Like, and that's a lot of labor too. Like you take that seriously. You're like working on it. Anyway, I've been talking so much about like our teaching lessons. What thoughts are you having on these subjects? It it occurred to me when you said like your insides and your outsides, something funny, little tidbit is when I was teaching these lessons in church, 
Um, that's one writing I was doing. I was also doing erotic writing. <laughs> okay, wait, tell me <laughs> so more. So that's the only yeah. that's the only writing that I actually have like published as an Wait, adult we talked about this before and i just I forgot don't know. i don't know like, were you writing like fanfic no i was writing like i mean i don't want to say dirty stories emily but it's again, a genre do it's you know do you know that one of my guests on like the season that's coming out right now is like a a bondage like oh good leather worker my like heart is like oh my god you just said you wrote erotic fiction you don't need to worry about that because like one of my pet projects is like really trying to like honor all kinds of art all kinds of creativity including and especially sometimes like arts that don't get like brought under our tent of art yeah i definitely have a strong about it would not because I also uh, uh, photography is something else that um, I'm interested in now, but I was also interested in then. Yeah. Um, just different. Wait, genres. I I didn't mean to stop you talking about the erotic art writing that you were no, doing. No, no, no. I I wrote two. I just wanted to tell you to. Yeah. Don't worry. Right. You're. It's. <laughs> this is the correct audience for this. Right. We're not in the church building anymore. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> So what, like, how did you get started with that? What happened? What, what, what was it? I just wanted to see if I could, like I was, there was this website that had like stories, like an archive of stories that were like submitted by people. And there would be these forums of like, oh, my story is not being approved. Like I got to brainstorm it. And I'll admit, I may have been a little bit high and I was like, I can do this. I got this. And uh, I just wanted to see if it would be. Like, yeah, just find out. And so I submitted it. And the first one I submitted was was accepted and wow. and published. And so and I did, wrote another one. And so, OK, as a child, you were like, I'm an author. We skipped over this because you also so many times were like, I didn't do anything unless a teacher told me to. How were you feeling in your identity? Like, I am a writer. I'm a person who writes. Or am I misunderstanding? Like, how are you feeling that and also feeling like you didn't write anything unless an assignment was given? I think, honestly, like I, I had the two so separate because in my like Mormon, because like mm. paint you a picture, I was like, I think I was probably like 17, 18, like right around there, like had a, a lot of trauma, like sex was not like a sex positive, like Mormonism is not really known for its sex positivity. And, um, and so it wasn't like an artistic expression. It was more of like, a a shameful thing that like nobody knew about. Like my art historically has been very hidden. Like the pictures I was taking weren't, I wasn't showing my friends these pictures. Yeah. Okay. But I think this is so interesting. Okay. But wait, pause. Cause when you said that thing about like, I'm an author, like you were a child at that point. Was that a thing you were thinking? Like, was that like a secret identity of like, I'm, I, I, I'm a writer. I've always viewed myself as a writer. Like I've always been good at writing. I just am not very effective yet about deciding what okay. I'm going to write on. And like, especially as a child, if you're thinking like, I'm a writer and you're not writing, talk to me about that. Like, I think this is so interesting. Like it, it's a, it's a point that I'm very interested in proving, <laughs> but like, uh, you know, if you have this feeling like I'm a writer, but you're not really writing, what is that feeling coming from? I think it was more of, I am good at writing. Okay. But not like I am a writer. It wasn't like, for me, I don't think I viewed it as like, 
a creative thing. How did you it know was like you were a scholastic like, skill. Because because well, my teachers oh, I told see. me I would I could write a paper. I wrote a paper on Fountainhead maybe and ran. Yeah. Gonna be honest, don't tell uh, my teacher, but I didn't read the book. That's fine. Um, and I wrote an essay. I'm telling your fucking teacher. That, right, you're gonna her. find him. him. And he was like, "You should submit this to." you know, like the Ayn Rand scholarship thing. And I was like, number one, I'm not going to college. <laughs> number two, like this would be mean to like, you know, I had a, a Russian friend who had like read it and like yeah. labored over the paper yeah. <laughs> and I had just like shit it Okay. Out. Okay. So, so. So it you, wasn't artistic. It was about just being good at it. Like, what does it mean? Like, cause I, I think I've been obsessed with this lately. Like what is writing? Like we were talking about this the other night and also I've been talking about it on the podcast, but like is thinking writing is planning writing, you know, like is talking writing, like writing is a weird word. Like, you know, especially in a day and age where like, you know, writers don't really have to know how to spell you know what I mean? Like mm -hmm. there, there is like, it's like a, it's like, what is this craft? Like, is it a craft of rhetoric and language? Is it a language? Is it like an English language skill? If you're an English speaker, is it like a storytelling ability? Is it like, uh, like a, like a, an even more esoteric, like art skills. So like when you were thinking about being good at writing, what was it that you felt like you were good at? Um, holding people's attention and, okay. and, um, like, I think it's a, like, now I think of it more as like a way to connect. Yeah. Um, but I just had it like a, a, a way with words. Like I, yeah, you do. I would very, you know, very, I think English language, like very syntax, you know, not starting everything with. Right. I went here, you know, right. like basics Using like that. Using like the craft of like actual written yeah. texts, like yeah. syllables, words. Using that like as a conduit to like some kind of a connection. Yeah. Yeah, because that like is knowing like, your audience and... That is very artistic, right? Like, but then it's like you're just writing a paper on the fountainhead. Yeah. But like you're testing this skill of like... I have a I have a an ability to reach people with writing and certainly like when you're preparing a lesson that you're going to speak that's a very similar. Mm -hmm. So this thing of connecting with people this feels like deeply interesting to me. Certainly this is also a skill that you had in conversation. Mm -hmm. Tell me about that. Like starting from a child like just walk me through like Anything you think is interesting in the sense of like using your creativity and this th same thing that like makes you a writer in conversations, like in interactions with people. Um, I don't know. I think something I think the most one of the most like things I'm like aware of um, from an early age is like the power of words. Like if you just say like, oh, that was bad. I'm like, OK, like people like, OK. But if you say now I can't think of another word for bad, <laughs> but if you say like something, Naughty. yeah, like if you, if you just by changing the, the actual words you use, you can kind of change how it lands. Absolutely. And, and like the impact. It's dramatically creative. And in that kind of a situation, like I just wrote an essay a couple of days ago on like the nature of medium and like what is medium. And then I feel like in that kind of situation, like in some ways your medium is like the human nervous system. 
Mm-hmm. You know, like you're using language very carefully and very thoughtfully to like have a desired effect on like the person that or the people that you're talking with and getting a message across in a way that is going to have like the kind of like flavor that you're intending. Yeah. Cause I feel like, um, I mean, I don't think art is manipulation, but this is something that I've been thinking about a lot is like, as an artist, you, you do sometimes want to communicate a certain point or have it like land a certain place and like expressing it in a way to you know that feels yeah. like you're getting you absolutely know, that's not where I you don't think want. that's manipulative I think it's like well not manipulative I mean, negative certainly like it could be um like certainly someone could use that kind of a skill manipulatively but yeah it's like a kindness it's like it, it feels like because I I feel like I'm good at this too which is I feel like one reason why like we connect on like a soul-to-soul level even though like in 2008, neither of us had like the capability of being like truly honest with Mm -hmm. one another. Like it wasn't about the intention. It just wasn't possible. Yeah. But we definitely like had like a, a a comfort level amidst like so much discomfort in our lives. And I think that's because of this. It's like a, a carefulness with language and it's not just in one direction because you know, I mean, I'm like projecting now, but I'm like, you'll have to hit me with like your response to this, but it's not just like you're thinking about language. You're taking like everything you know about the person you're talking to and making decisions. Like it, it's like a twofold, please. It's like semantics and like where, and that's, that's something I run across now as a problem is like knowing the audience. Right. I'm used to more like, you know, Mm. I I know the, the classroom for instance, in the church, like I knew, Right. You know, oh, man, I really struggle with this, too, like with just like marketing my original music. Like, I just feel like I don't know who you are out there. And like, I can't I struggle to know how to talk to you because like, I don't know kind of who you are. But I, what I was going to say is you're a doula now, mm-hmm. which is something that you've been talking about doing for such a long time. And it's even doing it like two years officially mm-hmm. now. Yeah. Um. So in the same way, like you know, if we say like, you know, in one way your medium is like the human nervous system, like, and your medium is like people like beholding another person, like really having like heightened kind of empathy and awareness for that person. And then using language to like give a service to that person, you know, or like to engage that person. And that's very physical, even though like, I mean, it's a, it's like a physical skill, even though like it was never like a physical thing until kind of recently, Mm -hmm. but it feels like the same skill. Does it? Yeah. I feel like my, um, my business name is, is dancing with now. And I feel like, you know, maybe I don't artistically like interpretive dance to Mm -hmm. like, you know, you're not going to see me doing ballet on a stage, Yeah, but I do feel like it is a skill for me to be able to drop into a situation, like drop into a vibe and like read it and know like in, in the doula situation, like sense what a birthing mother, like the kind of atmosphere I need to create for her, what words are going to speak to her and like, um, you know, be able to be present and kind of dance with the current. It's absolutely a dance, right? Like, I mean, and I think it's the appropriate word again, semantics, because it gives us this, like, it gives us this connotation of creativity 
um, and sort of flexibility, like agility, you know, it's, there's a beauty in it. Like there's a, there's like a, there's like a, a fluidity and kind of like in a, in a, in a lovely sort of way that really beautifully represents like this skill that you're doing of like putting a room of people at ease in like a very stressful environment. Mm -hmm. And I'm sure that sometimes you do that with humor and sometimes you do it with like something that is not at all funny. Mm -hmm. Um, right. Yeah. Right. (laughs) (laughs) Most definitely. So is there anything else you want to say about like, I mean, we were kind of going chronologically and then like, jumped forward is there anything else you want to say about like you know what was going on with your creativity up until you're like 20 something 21 Mm, no I think we covered it in my in my 20s I continued to do like um some photography but again like my art was nothing that I was willing to share with people like I have kind of a and it's and it's coming up now where I'm like um my relationship to my artistic side and anonymity Mm. is very interesting for me to see where I'm like, why am I, you know, like I'm not used to being tied to what I create. Okay. Tell me more. Um, get into it. Yeah. It's, it's, it's interesting. I think this is very valuable because like, I mean, again, we're the two of us are here, but like there is, there are thirds and fourths and fifths, like <laughs> like listening. So we've already talked about this, but like we, we've been talking on the phone and like texting a lot about like, you know, this idea of like, um, when do you call it art? Like, what is it? What is the medium? What is the project I'm going to do? And like the advice that I'm always giving you is like, you don't get to decide at the beginning. <laughs> like the only way out is through, <laughs> like you must just like, you know, and, and I, do, I think partly because I teach and also because I've talked to so many artists, like I feel pretty confident that that's true. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think it's really difficult for people and you know, no one, like the only reason that you are here in this room is because like you trust me enough to like have this conversation with me, I think. Most definitely. But But, like I, it's, it's a gift to me and to the listeners because like another person would just be like, I'm not going to fucking come on your art podcast. I'm not an artist. Um, but I feel like you absolutely are an artist and talking in real time about this moment in your artistic journey, which is like, I'm not sure. I'm, genuinely not sure exactly what my medium is. I'm not sure what it is that I'm making. It's extremely valuable and extremely relatable. So I would love to get into it and have you talk about like what it feels like, you know, what, what kinds of things you're thinking about, what it feels like to like, like what you feel stopped by. Like, I think these are like extremely valuable things that like most people would not like feel brave enough to talk about I think going back to semantics I got to a point where I was like okay well I get to decide what being an artist means to me and if I am taking pictures guess what I get to call myself a photographer yeah you know like if I'm writing something well by golly I am now a writer amen (laughs) and uh do you always feel like sure about that or does it waffle Um, I always feel sure that if I say I am a photographer, I'm a photographer. I don't always say it to people because there's that fear of like, "Mm, no, you're not. Can you tell me like what, like, what is the, no, you're not like, what do you, what do you think is happening? Like, 
here's what I can be, I can do better. (laughs) Um, what do you think those people are thinking? Like what are, what are the unspoken projections that you're like aware of? I think that they're thinking what like 15 year old me is thinking is that like, you have no business doing that. Like, what are you, but I think that sometimes, so I think it, like I have been going on this road trip, started in Texas, Santa Fe, Albuquerque, up here to Utah. And, um, I had some time to kill cause my friend's flight was delayed and I bought this camera because I decided I was a photographer. Yeah. So I bought it and Once then I was, again, have decided yeah. it. and so I was yeah. like, well, I'm going to take pictures, but I think my adult side so often is like, well, I have to wait till I have something perfect to take a picture of and I have an artistic vision and yeah. I know what I'm going to blah, 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 blah. Right. Instead, I was just like, the word biatch was written on the, like a brick wall by a Burger King. And I was like, you know what? Take a picture. I want pictures of that. And so I said, like, I just was like, it it felt more like play. Like, I think we kind of lose, you know, that you, you've, you've, we feel like we have to be good at something in order to do it. And it's like, but you're never going to get good at something unless you do it. So art for me now is really a practice of doing process. Like my writing can't be in my head, um, all the time because it's, Like, I think there is a, I get really interested in like the consumption of art versus the creation. Are we creating for consumption? You know, are we producing a product or are we, is it like more of a process art? And, and right now, I think I'm in the playing stage where I'm just like, and I'm at this point where I'm like, I just can throw some of it into the void if I want to. Yeah. Um, well, I think another thing too, and this is something I have to remind myself because I also get like it's perfectionism and it's like, I do think it is like deeply, it's, it's deeply Mormon to me, (laughs) but like this sense of like, it can't be something small. It has to be like a manifesto. It has to be like this huge, like it has to be a book. It has to be an entire, you know, it can't just be like lately I've been thinking a lot about like, you know, how were we creative with like a tweet you know, mm-hmm. or like another thing that I think about so much to greater or lesser degrees, depending on who I'm talking to is like, are my text messages writing, you know, like finding like creativity, like in the, in the private one-on-one texting conversation with a friend mm-hmm. or with a client or with a student, like, are these creative moments, you know, like I've been really fascinated by like the minutia of like creativity anyway yeah well when I think like anything that I am creating which I create text messages like like I think creating is creative does that make sense outside my head of course I mean I talk about this all the time like and we were talking about it the other night like I just think like uh the act of like doing something is like it's interesting. I mean, I don't know that it's always, I don't know that it's always something we would call art, but like, I don't really care. It's interesting. Like someone taking an action to make something, to do something Mm -hmm. that is not kind of in the program, you know, is, is interesting. It's, it's something. It, It could be the beginning of something. It could be like just a flash in the pan of something but it feels like very interesting. Yeah. So I think one of the reasons why you feel like maybe a little confused about like your art identity and like if you, if that's not the word you'd use, 
like whatever the word is, yeah. something, something about your art identity. I think part of the reason it might feel confusing or something is that like your medium is like not clear. Do you want to do you, like, do you have thoughts about that? Yeah. I mean, I definitely agree. Like right now I've got, um, you know, like I said, I've, I started being a full-time doula kind of left my like nine to five security and, and, um, got my LLC, but now I'm kind of splitting and it, my dancing with now is more an artistic endeavor and I'm switching to just like Emily, the doula, you know, like that's, yeah. you know, not mixing the two as much. Does it feel like a combined body of work to you, even though like business wise you've separated them it feels just like me yeah you know and it in the doula but again it's that anonymity where I'm like I don't know if I can be as freely expressive I don't know man I feel like dancing with now is a doula business with like like because I'm like (laughs) what if they get there and they see my stuff on like psychedelics and but I'm like but if they've already had me at you know they've already chosen me sign the contract Like, like it's they just it's like a, I'm my art, yeah. you know, like I'm the, so yeah. I'm the same person behind <laughs> dancing with now as I am behind the doula. It's just this, this like branding. Yeah. It's this almost like, like you're controlling. It's, it's almost like you're and I'm, controlling has like a negative connotation. I don't mean it that way. It's almost like you're, you're, you're controlling the entry point. Like they're going to, yeah. they're going to, they're going to end up in the same place, yes. but you're like, you can take this. It's like a cho- little bit of a choose your own adventure. Or something. Yes. Find me through the agency or like just Emily, the doula. But when you pay me, you're going to pay me to a dancing with now account. Ethos. So you're going to be yeah. introduced to it and you can decide. Yeah. Yeah. If you want to just setting up a different entrance to the park, you yes. know, like you can enter through the East or through the West. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but, but a lot of my, um, I feel like that too. I think about those kinds of things also. Yeah. It's like different what? entry points to like the same, like what is going to be like the, which, which, which tunnel do you choose yeah. like into this yeah. world? Well, what I was thinking too, is like, you're a writer, but what are you writing? You know, like you're writing blog posts. You're also writing like, like your writing is also like fractured. Like you're writing in many yes. ways and that's difficult to go like, but what am I writing? Like, even if, even if we're like, Hey, your medium is writing. It's like, am I writing a blog? Am I writing a book? Am I writing like, what are like, do you feel like maybe talking about any of the other, like, we feel like we've talked about so many like writing projects in the last few days. Are they secrets? No, no, they're not. But I mean, I think the list, I think no it's more secret to you than they are a secret to me. Oh, I love that. <laughs> I love it. You never know what can you're in the t- middle can of, you right? Remember like some of these things. Like I wish I can't think of any right now, but I feel like there've been like at least six different, like little writing projects that we've talked about, like book ideas that may be also, are just like, project ideas like what are some of the things like I no have, one's gonna steal them I have a lot of of things that are like on a burner or that I'm like I should flesh that out yeah. and then I get caught up I think I don't know if it's image management or worry about where it's gonna land of course or like also exposing because I realized that like growing up like we were talking about high school and all that like I very much was who I thought whoever I was with needed me to be or yeah. wanted me to be. Cause that was a safety thing. Like I needed to read and you. It's also a skill set. And it's turned that into a skill set. Like that's now. how I'm really good at being a doula is like, I know what you need. I, Cause and it's also why I'm a good teacher. Like, yeah, I also feel like, is this maladaptive? Like it's a very fine, fine, fine line. Like these were maybe like 
uh, coping mechanisms at one point in my life. And now it's like a really valuable skill set and keeping boundaries on those skill sets is tricky, Mm -hmm. but no. Okay. Back to the writing though. Like I feel it like you don't know what they are. They're in competition with each other. You were saying something about exposure. Please continue. Like I have, I have things that, um, like growing up in the church, there were a lot of like analogies and like parables and stuff. And I think in analogies all the time. And so I'm like, oh, I could flesh some of those out. I also with my, with, um, like birthing, birthing is also very closely related to sex. Like you can't, yeah. I mean now with science, you can't have the other, (laughs) um, but like having, um, you know, talking about the, the similarities there and like, um, you know, I feel a lot, I feel honestly, if I were to write something now, it would be, of kind of a self-help variety mm-hmm. or one of the things you might write. Yeah. Yeah. Again, you've told me several ideas and some of them are comedy, right? And, but it all feels overwhelming. Like, okay, I'm going to paint a picture. Hang in there with me. I'm ready. If you have like a, like a parking lot where there are like some buildings around. So the wind kind of comes in in like a weird way and there's like leaves and probably trash and, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and the wind sometimes like kicks them up and they get like a little bit of like, into yeah, the air uh-huh. but then they fall back down yeah and it like you have to get like a perfect thing to get that like whirlwind yeah. where they actually go up yeah and I sometimes feel like I have all of these little ideas yeah. and I don't have a teacher or a direction yeah. or like somebody hovering over me yeah um to kind of kick it up into an actual yeah like I'll submit, I'll submit to you also beautiful. That was a beautiful analogy. And also like, I feel it. I see it. I know like we've been, you know, we know, I know this about, about you, right. It gets off the ground and then it just kind of, yeah, yeah, yeah. And they're all great ideas, but I would like to submit to you that there is like, there's a creativity thing here, which is like, it's so clear to me that you are a creative, like, you know, the word artist is like loaded and like, I feel very like who gives a shit about it a lot of the time. Um, but like, you're a creative, like, I think that's one that you can like, you can receive. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But you have so many ideas. You have so many ideas and like you're creating things all the time. That's just true. I think like part of what I imagine is tricky for you is like more of this identity thing of like, if one of the projects that I'm doing is self-help and it's very like informed by like Eastern philosophy, but then maybe I, you just want to do something that's comedy and it's just like witty and funny and very mm-hmm. light. Like it makes perfect sense to me that, that those, both of those things are come from you and they're equally true. But that if someone is beholding both together, they can't figure out the math and the conclusion that they come to is like one or the other or right, both or that I'm faking. Fake. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which is not true, but like, I feel it. Let's talk about that. Like, I guess I feel like, and I've been writing about this and talking about this nonstop identity is complicated. It really is. And it shifts it, you know, what the labels I put on myself now are not like the labels in the way I would identify 10 years ago. And I get, I get really hung up on, um, people who knew me before, because that's where the imposter thing where I'm like, If old me too. were to hear me say like, oh, just trust the process. It's a journey. Love yeah. your body. They'd be like, who the hell are you? No, and I'm I like, know. I've had a lot of change. And, you know, like well, we I know we, you and I like this is part of why like our relationship feels like important because we tether each other to a, a point in time 
that was really different. Mm -hmm. Like there aren't a lot of people in my life that knew me. I mean, there are some people in my life who I still am in in contact with who knew me when I was, um, like at that time in Texas, but they didn't know me at church. Yeah. And there's something about like the dramatic difference, but like having a through line of a person who will be like, yeah, you haven't changed. Like things have changed, but like the essence of like who you are as a person has remained. That's extremely valuable. Yeah. And like, I don't, I think I, as like on a personal growth, like level or whatever, am just now discovering what the essence of me was because I was so like, be who you want to be. I mean, I would be playing the piano in church, but then the night before I could have been real drunk. Yeah. <laughs> you know? like, yeah. And you were like, not really talking about that. It wasn't like, no. cause some Mormons like drink openly and then are at church, but it wasn't like that for you. It was yeah, like, no, I was like secret drugs yeah. playing the piano. Yeah. yeah like, yeah. It was, yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, I was getting like a little bit stoned and going to like the Mormon pancake breakfast, Yeah, yeah, yeah. which I was the person cooking all those pancakes. <laughs> just, and put, I was the one enjoying them yeah, just to put things in. <laughs> Um, yeah, I was thinking the other <laughs> day about like how many times I've cooked meals for like 150 people. It's that's fucking crazy. That yeah, and that be, that makes like that shouldn't be a skill set that I had at like 19 years old. What <laughs> me running like six crock pots in a tiny kitchen? Mm. I distinctly remember because like I had the assignment of like running the like singles activities. Mm. Me. Also, Mark Davis, but he was not helping at all. That was his name, right? Anyway, Mm -hmm. that blonde guy. Mm -hmm. I don't know. I have a vision. All I know is like he was always leaving me high and dry. That's what I remember. (laughs) That's what I remember. (laughs) But I distinctly remember like we were doing one where I needed to make like a fuck ton of Spanish rice. Like that was (laughs) like I had to make like buckets of Spanish rice. And I it was we were on a budget and I had to like, couldn't buy, I couldn't buy like jarred minced garlic. Cause like garlic is so cheap, but I remember like peeling, chopping like 50 that's, cloves of garlic. That's my personal hell In yo. my stupid like little house. And then I remember trying to like, um, trying to like paint a picture to like the actual adults that were like overseeing these things of like, I don't have room in my fridge for this, you know? Right. Like logistically speaking, like I am 19 and I live in a house with four other people right. and like, I'm, I, I can figure out the labor and the time, but like, I'm going to need access to like, you know, people yeah. who are like real adults maybe like wouldn't understand. Like I live in a house that has like a small fridge and there's four. of Yeah. Us I get a there. shelf. Yeah. I have one shelf. Yeah. I have no and, like, room 50 for six pounds of garlic. Of- can't. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <clears throat> anyway, that was a diversion. I was making pancakes. I'd been there since like 6 a.m. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> and I arrived stoned in a footy pajama yes. set. Yes, and, uh, you did. I thoroughly... think there are photos. Oh, oh, there are. There are photos of but that. But see, people didn't know I was stoned. <clears throat> yeah. Which is nice. So I just yeah. got to enjoy my pancakes in peace. Through line identity. So Essence, here's something yes. I'm curious about. If you're thinking about, you know, something you're writing, because you also have talked about like doing a podcast about psychedelics maybe, or about like, I don't know, something about that. I'm being like a little bit vague on purpose because like, I don't want to like out your project, but like possibly a podcast, which may I just tell the listener, because it's like, this is a valuable anecdote, I think. 
Emily texted me once. I was running a millionaires. I'm like driving around. I'm like doing the kind of thing where you're like texting at a stoplight or maybe like at in the parking lot, like right before you go inside and then like back in the parking lot again before you like drive your car. We were having a conversation that was ongoing, but it was very like I was a little scattery. <clears throat> And Emily had texted me like this idea about this podcast and was like, Hey, I have an idea for a podcast, but I read it as like, I've started a podcast and I was like, hell yeah. And I like right then and there, like in the parking lot of like what target or something was like, there's internet here. I'm going to download it. I'm in my car. I'm listening now. I like go into my podcast app. I type in like you know, the title, nothing comes up. I'm like, I can't find it. I go back into my text thread to text Emily. Like I can't find it. Send me a link. Then realize this is just an idea she's had. (laughs) And I felt robbed. Like I was upset about it anyway. So you have like this podcast idea. That's maybe like about drugs. You have like self-help ideas that are like inspired by like Eastern philosophy, like your experience as a doula, you have like funny funny, funny, fun times, joke, joke book idea. How would you weave a connection between these things? Like, how would you do it? If you were talking to like three fans, the perfect fan of one, the perfect fan of the next, the perfect fan of the third, fourth, fifth, whatever. How do you explain to them that like they're all authentic? So I feel like I am in the process of building that. And I feel like I'm honestly, as much as I kind of loathe social media, I feel like I am slowly setting the groundwork. Like I don't tell people about, like, I don't like refer people to like my thing. Um, but what I found is that some, some of the medium is suited to like a blog. So I have like a website for that. Like, don't ask me if I have anything on it. Cause no, I don't. Um, I have a TikTok. I have an Instagram. And so like, if I have a picture, I'll put it on the Instagram and, and the only people who now are on any of these are people who know me. So they like know that it's authentic or whatever. Yeah. Um, and I just am kind of trusting the process that yeah. like, as I continue to just post whatever feels right in the moment, which I'm also working on posting faster because sometimes I overthink it. Yeah. Like that is one of my toxic traits. Well, you feel like it needs to be a whole thing yeah. instead of a th- instead thing. of just like, here's a picture here. And I have a friend who's like, she's like, just post anything because yeah. eventually you don't want to have everything posted on December 15th of, two, you know, like, right. <laughs> Well, and also you're always welcome to refer back, like, cause I think that's something I struggle with. Like, this is a projection that I'm doing at you right now, but like, I'll have an idea and I have, I want to post a thing, but then I'm like, I need to think about it more. Mm-hmm. I need to like make it a bigger analogy. Cause there it's the truth is there are additional ideas that I don't yeah. have time to like flesh but out, you, but you can always just like start the thing and then be like, okay, I was thinking about this more. And actually here's, you know, it can be a series Yeah. And like, I think some of the posting I do on like, um, you know, Instagram or TikTok is also a reminder for me of like, do I want to flesh this out later? And if it, and if it still feels flesh outable, then I can still feels interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Like if, or if later I'm like, oh yeah, that was like a, a Tuesday thing. And that was fine for that Tuesday. But like, I don't need to like pick that up and fondle it again. Right, right, right. But you could. Right. But, but like I always have the option. Um, do you want to talk about this um, this like filming everything thing? Oh, so I have this obsession. Um, but I will admit that it's so so plant medicine is like a part of my um, 
Like I did, did therapy, did rehab, like, and then I did ayahuasca and it like influenced a lot of, of what I do. And, um, let me just say really fast. I also think this is interesting. Like you just went over, you were like, you were like therapy, rehab, ayahuasca. And (laughs) I just want to say like, you don't have to talk about anything, but I do feel like some of these things really, really are like valuable things for people to hear. Like, you know, if you feel like you want to like talk about like any of the kind of creative process of like coming to like the type of medicine that like you need, like I, I think you can, if you wanted to Yeah, like, like contextualize the psychedelics more if you feel like it, because it has been mindful for you. They have been life, life changing. It feels like the, um, you know, ayahuasca replaced years years of therapy and also healed. Um, like I was having like physical issues and it also, um, it's, it's become more of like, like, I feel like it, my psychedelic journey, cause ayahuasca psilocybin, um, has opened me up to a point and it's also providing that impetus where now I feel a sense of like, not exactly duty, but just like I have so much in my, in my mind and like on my heart or whatever that like, there's a need for the first time to get it out. Yeah. 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 Um, and to share it Yeah, and to, and to like, you know, maybe it's, it's useful to somebody else, but like, it's useful for me to get it on. It's interesting. Like, like I was saying before, like, who's to say what the thing is for and like maybe the thing the thing you get out like directly helps someone or maybe just watching you get the thing out yeah sometimes like I it think, doesn't really I think matter the art is for yeah. me sometimes uh, absolutely like. <laughs> but one thing that I like have been saying a lot recently because I also get very like what am I even doing like frequently you know I'm pretty good at just like doing like I were maybe different in that way like yeah. I don't I I just do things but then I do, I, st- I think about them a lot and think like, what the fuck am I doing? Like, what am I doing? What is this for? Who is it for? Like, why am I doing it? And one thing that has been giving me like some peace like lately is this idea that like, I do it because I have to. Like, there is this kind of sense, there's just this necessity. Like, I, if I have an idea, like, it bothers me until it is executed. Like, mm-hmm. it's, it, it's, it sticks around and, like, yeah. it makes itself upsetting to me until it's, like, out. But then I also think, like, getting those ideas out, like, maybe, I don't know, but maybe it's, like, a kind of a service because, like, maybe there's someone else who, like, has those same kinds of things, but they don't have the skill set to get to, like, they're they're maybe just, they're not an artist or something. And so, like, in the same way that I need that thing out, like, maybe there's another person who, like, needs that thing out. Yes. But they can't do it in their own body. Yes, and that's something that I have found, like, when we were talking about, like, my writing skills or whatever, something that I get feedback a lot is that I'm able to put into words what somebody else is feeling or thinking, but that's not their skill set. And so they'll be like, oh, my God, that's exactly how I was feeling, but, like, I I couldn't say it. Like, a certain, like, collective um, reality. Maybe that is what art is. Like, I, I think about this a lot, but then it's like there are other things, like, sometimes art 
is the impetus for someone to have a paradigm shift to like have a new perspective like art is that like middle point between you know people or peoples where like it it can get someone to kind of think about something in a new way i do think sometimes art is just like cathartic because it it allows us to feel something that we couldn't quite get to without mm-hmm. the assistance of the thing. Yeah. Um, anyway. Yeah. Right, and I think with the, going back to like the videoing thing, cause I've been thinking about oh, yeah, a lot please. about this. Like I have enough therapy that I'm like, what's that about for you? Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I think that it's, a like, I think that there's a certain amount of like having a witness. Mm-hmm. Like I think that I wasn't seen or like witnessed or reflected back. And I'm like, just, just the other night I was like, am I recording stuff so that I can witness for myself? And then I get stuck in this, like, but is this something somebody else would want to witness or is this weird? I mean, it's a self portrait of sorts, which like incredible artists have been doing self portraits forever, you know, like, and I mean, visual art, but also like memoirs, autobiographies, like, you know, uh, films and TV shows that are like inspired by like the artist's life. Um, again, like it's one in the same, <laughs> like it's, it doesn't matter, you know, yeah. like, or maybe it's the only thing that matters, but either way, like, yeah. Do you want to talk more about it? The film, the film thing? Um, what do you feel like it's about? I, it, I think sometimes it's like, I don't want to forget this. Mm. Um, and like I said, sometimes if there's plant medicine involved, like memory becomes a little bit yeah. sketch. Like you're so in the moment that you're like, am I going to remember this in moments to come? <laughs> Is it also like, I want to think more about how I thought about this? Like, yeah, like I like want to like, it's like, a, do I need to flesh this out later? Something else I also do will, um, I found out how to record like, voice memos yeah Yeah. and like um and so it'll be like for later yeah yeah you know like but then the problem is that whole that's like that's why art has got to be doing for me yeah because it's like well the thinking yeah like my phone storage is a nightmare Mm -hmm. like I need to back it up or I need to just give apple more money for the cloud (laughs) because it's so full that like I was having trouble sending text messages and I realized that's kind of how I am on the inside. Like it's I'm research. so full of stuff. Oh, yeah. I'm so full of data points. I'm so full of ideas and little sound bites and da, 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 da. Yes. But if I never get them out of me or out of my phone, then, then they really do literally like sometimes I feel like I have so much going on yeah. in my head that it, it does, it becomes untenable. Yeah. And it's I feel that way to too, which stuff. is why I do so many things because I get feeling like too jumbly and yeah. then it's like some of this has to get out of my person mm-hmm. because it's taking up too much bandwidth, like too yes. much space. Yeah. I, but I think it's beautiful. Like it's research. It's like you're, you're, you're surrounding yourself with all of your art equipment, you know, like your phone storage being full and like your text thread with yourself being like highly populated, which like, I don't know that I've said that to the listeners before, but like Emily and I share in common a propensity and a tendency to text ourselves a lot. Yeah. Like part of, part of what I think I like, what I would love to do is go to like some cabin somewhere like with solitude and nature and like literally just go through my phone and like see these things that I, I'll take a screenshot of something. Cause I was like, I could write about that and actually 
do it. Let me, let me, uh, let me hit you with something here. But I'm like, I can't do an artist retreat cause I'm not an art. You know what I mean? And then I'm like, you're doing no. an artist retreat right now. You're on one. Boom clap. You're on one. <laughs> um, uh, what was I going to say? Okay. My to-do list. You've seen it. It's upstairs. Yeah. Um, there is a typed bullet on my to-do list that says go through screenshots because this is the same. The difference between us maybe, and I think you're like, you're right there. Like you can I'm be on the there. Cusp, precipice. Is like, it's typed on my list in my like art section and I'm going to do it because I do the same thing. I take screenshots of things that I think like, I got to think about this later. Yeah. I have the bandwidth. Yeah. And I've got to, I'm trying to develop, I'm reading the artist's way at your, at your re- recommendation. Um, because I want to develop more of like a daily practice because the idea of going through my screenshots when I have a completely full, you know, it's just so much more daunting that mm-hmm. if I were to have, if I were to view myself because again, like I have the LLC, like yeah. the government has yeah. legitimized me, yeah. but I am working to legitimize yeah. myself. Yeah, yeah. And I think that getting into like a daily yeah. thing, um, would be, yeah. would be or really setting, beneficial. Just setting aside a time. Like that's how I do it. Yeah, or like, weekly or, you yeah. know, just actually any time to yeah, just yeah. do it versus and you can make it like a thing it. you can you can make it a moment yeah. like yeah the thing i'm doing is going through my screenshots but like this is pre-art you mm-hmm. know this is this is this is the part that people aren't thinking about like you know but i think like in your own self to know like yeah my fucking starting point is like going through these screenshots on my phone mm-hmm. so be it you know like who's to say that like the beginning of like Da Vinci's process wasn't equally strange. Yeah. And nobody we don't know. And I'm like learning that like, <laughs> not that I'm Da Vinci with my screenshots, <laughs> <laughs> but maybe I am right. And that nobody needs to like, I'm learning. Maybe we all are. That like I get to edit and filter. I think there was a, a, a part like we're growing up. Like I, I had a lot of trauma. I edited and filtered the shit out of what people knew was yeah. going on behind closed doors. Yeah. Um, and now like I'm real, like, and then it was like an effort to, to share openly and like share yeah. everything. And right. now I'm, I'm kind of the pendulum is finding a balance of like, well, just because I filmed it on my dash cam with the forward, you know, with the one facing the cabin yeah. doesn't mean, you know, like I get to edit that shit. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, I don't have to. You're curated. You can curate yeah. it. You yeah. Start... I get to artistically like, choose what is Like I said, presented. you're starting with your raw materials. Like, what are you if not an artist in a studio with every paint and every material? Just like, well, I'm going to make some shit. Yeah. <laughs> it's, not, it's not different. Like, you have raw materials and then you'll synthesize them however you see fit. Yeah. And I need to get um, technology really intimidates me. That's another, I, I knew Emily didn't know when I came up here, but I was like, Ooh, I bet she could show me video edit, you know, and like, I did, I do know. And like, get I know me, you need, I know you need a, you need a, you need a cheerleader. Right. And cause I'm like, I'm one of those people that like, I'm used to being good at stuff. Like I'll admit it. Like are, I'm good at stuff. used to being good at stuff because you know what, if I'm not good at it, I probably am not going to do it. <laughs> Because I like being good at stuff, you know what I mean? <laughs> We're different in that way. I'm 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 good at being shitty at things. Right. And like it's a skill. It's it, a it, it, is. it really is because you have to be willing to be shitty at something long enough yeah. to be good at it. Uh, and this I is just, just something that I understand. I came to the world with this knowledge. I 
this is one of those mysterious things to me that I think nobody taught me that. I just, I just knew it in my little soul as a small child and have been in it ever since. Yeah. It's, it's permission. That's why it's, that's why permission and like ownership is one of my favorite topics because it feels extremely mysterious to me. Yes. And I think I am at that. I am at the, like I can, yes, I can feel a lot of like shifts happening Mm -hmm. and I feel like I'm just like this close to fully accepting my wholeness that like I can be the person who used to be a Mormon, who used to struggle with addiction. And I can also be the person who did ayahuasca. Integration. Yeah. Like I, and, and a question I ask myself is like on whose authority, like who, who am I looking for permission from? Like I'm a grown ass woman. And not only that, but you have permission to change your mind at any time. Yeah. You have permission to start something and be like, this is what I'm doing now. And then a couple years later, be like, I'm going to shift it a little bit because you never know what you're in the middle of. Right. Right. And, and like, I, I, this is something Emily and I've been talking about a lot. You just don't know what you're in the middle of. You don't know what you're making. Even when you think something's done, you don't know what you're making. You don't know what your body of work will be. Mm -hmm. Every time you make something new, everything you've made in the past is recontextualized. (laughs) Yeah. Um, do you want to talk about uncertainty? feels like that's a topic you're into lately. Yeah, I'm working on embracing the uncertainty. What does it mean to you? To embrace the uncertainty. What does uncertainty mean? Why is it a virtue? Why why is it interesting? I think that a lot of I used to be afraid of uncertainty. Like uncertainty was or not knowing was dangerous. Yeah. And now it's kind of exciting, it's you know. Best. Can I tell you something? Yeah, always. Okay. I have talked about this a little bit with Andrew, but it's just like it's occurring to me in this moment that it could be something interesting to share. We, Mormonism mm-hmm. continues to be a thing. And I'll say too, like, you know, I'm, I try to be careful about this because a lot of my guests are LDS still because I live here. Um, and a lot of like my students are LDS, like a lot of people that I, a lot of artists that I work with are LDS. And I, I always want to be clear, like I, I, I mean, I definitely have like opinions about like the church as a whole um, and the ways in which like as an institution, it is like dangerous and unethical. But I do also know that each individual's relationship with Mormonism or with religion in general is like it's got everybody has their own context. So like, you know, this is my caveat. The the end. Um my siblings being in the church causes me grief. And part of that grief, I think I'm still in the process of like figuring it out. Um, but I think part of that grief is being misunderstood. Like I feel misunderstood. Mm -hmm. Part of that grief is knowing that when, like when you're in and again, not everybody, but in my family, I know what it means because it's my family. Um, when you're in, like I know what the thoughts are of like some, you know, someone who's out. Like I know what that math is. I know what that looks like. And one of my favorite questions to ask, and I ask it of, of, uh, currently religious people, currently LDS people pretty frequently is like when someone leaves, what is it that you think has happened? Like someone leaves the church, when someone leaves the church, especially someone who like, by all measures had been like deeply invested in it. Like, I'm not asking you this, you know, the answer, (laughs) 
<laughs> but when someone leaves, like, what is it that like the people who are still in, like, what do you think has happened? And my brother gave me, he's in medical school. He's really smart. He gave me this answer. That's like, well, it means your values have changed. And I'm haunted by this. I think about it so much. And I, and I, I do think about like, I've been talking about this with some of my guests too, of like morality as kind of like a creative endeavor, <laughs> like your value systems, like your own set, your own kind of individual morality or like values as like a, as like an artistic endeavor. And when I think about like my, the val- this through line that we were talking about before, like there's, there's there's kind of like a couple, like a couple of core things. I think one is curiosity, which is just creativity by another name. You know, I think I've always been curious and I've always been creative. I think one is like integrity and, you know, we give ourselves a pass when we're like dishonest because we don't know what the fuck is going on. That's different. But like having like a core of like, you know, a core of integrity, a core of like, I'm doing my best to like do things something you know i the word right is too binary but yeah yeah and also faith like i feel like faith faith and like optimism uncertainty has been a constant for me and something that i've always been comfortable with and i feel like maybe like i don't know this idea of uncertainty just like is faith that's what i wanted to say (laughs) yeah it's interesting like when you said that you're values change I would have said it's what I value yeah like like what I give value to not mm. you know like because I, just I no feel longer like my values haven't changed yeah like, like what the I the values that were the at the, like the things that made me like such a dedicated Mormon those things haven't changed their faith curiosity and integrity yeah but <laughs> like you that's what I, the things are I ceased to see the value mm. in going to church sure. and towing the line. Like I, you know, like I, sure, I sure. still valued, you know, but, yeah. but the church no longer aligned with what I valued. That's the thing that I say. Like what I realized is like my values, like aren't, aren't well suited in this organization, yeah. <laughs> but my values are the same. Um, like it's very fluid, like it's not fluid. It, it feels very, um, what's the word? Like fluid implies a change, but I mean like constant, like, like there's a flu, there's a, it has been a fluid, like, what am I trying to say? You get it. I do. (laughs) I do get it. Um, anyway, yeah, I think uncertainty like is, is faith, which is like a, which is just something I've been thinking about lately. Yeah. And I feel so different, but they're kind of the same. Right. And I think, I think it's, I just something, it's something I've been kind of it's been yeah. stuck in my craw. Thing. Right. And semantics wise, like, I think that I've been working on the same thing, except I've been using the word trust. Yeah. Cause I have like weird attachments. I think optimism is also another word like hope. Yeah. Like what is faith? If not hope, what is uncertain? Like being comfortable with uncertainty is optimistic, like, or it's radical acceptance, which is like also optimistic. You know, all the, I yeah. feel like all those things are like, they're different words with different connotations, but they all kind of describe the same value. Yeah. Which I think is cool. Yeah. Preach. Um, what do you, what do you, what are you going to do next? Um, you know, 
I'm not sure. I'm uncertain. And that's kind of the fun of it right now. Like I'm just, I'm into it. I am, I am just doing things. Yeah. Like any other stuff you want to talk about? Um, pull out your notebook, right? (laughs) (laughs) Pull it out of your mind. Any, any, any final things you want to just chat about? Um, I don't know. I feel like, I feel like we have covered a like nice broad thing. I think I'll take a lot of what we chatted about and, um, I'm like, I'm an artist. I was on a podcast about (laughs) artists. You may have heard of me now. (laughs) You see, you're sitting here thinking you're the first person who's felt this way, but you're not. (laughs) You're like, "Mm -mm." (laughs) that's really common. Yeah. I think it's really common. And and that's capitalism. You know, like, yeah, we, um, I remember when I was in college, I took an ethnomusicology class when I was in grad school and we talked about like, we, we did like a, a unit on like Indonesian music and in Bali specifically, and like, if this has been updated, like if, if my textbook was wrong and it was like whitewashed, like, please let me know I'm listening. But I, this was a, this was circa, you know, 2012. So the idea is pure. (laughs) My (laughs) conceptualization of it is pure. And let me know if I'm wrong about the people of Bali, but what the textbook said and what we talked about and the idea that I found really compelling is that there's no such thing as professional artists in Bali. No one is a professional artist. There's no such thing. There's a ton of art in Bali, like completely like, um, unique, like genres of music instruments that are found like kind of nowhere else in the world. I mean, they're found in other parts of Indonesia, but, uh, you know, Bali has this really rich, like, uh, shadow puppetry, like art form. That's like, it's very distinct and it's like, it's rich, like it's vibrant. It's like, it's happening, but there's no such thing as professional artists. Everyone is like a farmer and kind of everyone makes art, which I think is like, it's such a beautiful, like everyone's an artist and everyone is not an artist. Like there's no distinction. And that feels like so much better to me. Yeah. Um, I mean, listen, in the system that we're in here in America, like I don't have time to be a farmer and make art and therefore would like to be paid for the art that I make. But again, I think the idea of it is very like we get it like um, we get it like jumbled up with like money mm-hmm. in a way that is I don't in in the in a practical logistical sense, it's necessary in like a heart and soul sense, it is not. Yeah. And I think sometimes the the money, so often money takes a shit on stuff. And I think that introducing, because then people are like, well, if it's not art that I would send out, you know, for like a side hustle, like yeah. unless it's like side hustle right. worthy, nobody. If it's not making money, it's not real. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, that's, that's capitalism. Yeah. And I've, I have, um. I feel very fortunate to have found like I'm, I make my money as a, as a doula. And so oh, I had another question about with, that. Go with ahead. the other stuff I can, I find that, you know, cause again, I'm big on semantics and words. Like my brain has to be able to agree with the like affirmation word I'm using yeah, yeah, yeah. and creator works better for me. Like yeah, I, we talked can, about this already. Yeah, like In I this can, very conversation, I can create stuff and yeah. I'm more comfortable now with I'm a creator than I'm an artist, but like in the back of my head, like it true feels, story. Well, and I also feel like I was just talking about this in an interview I did like last week, I think 
there's also a difference between artist and artful. And I think artful feels like much like safer to use. Like I try to live artfully. I try to like engage artfully. Like I try to like be artful in like my dealings with my fellow man. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I use artsy. Yeah. Cause it's even more like gentle to my like, once you start saying like, I'm a creative, I'm a creator, I'm artful, I'm artsy. Like you're an artist. Yeah. And you speak it into like you, you speak it into reality. I don't, I don't feel any sort of like a possessiveness over these terms. And I think people who do are dealing with some deep insecurity. Right. What's that about for you? Yeah. What's that about for you? It seems kind of like a you problem. <laughs> right. Um, I did want to ask, and maybe this can be kind of the final thing. And then I have like two little wrap up questions, but um, I love the idea, like, like a doula, like it's something that this feels, I've never had a baby and I've never been around birth. So I could be wrong about these things, but I feel like it's very creative. Like it feels like an artful, it feels different from like, gynecology you know but it is medical and it is like how I would love to hear you talk about the kind of Venn diagram of something that's like in a medical space and that also is like in an in an art space right like what do you see it's I become the translator or the like digester almost like I'm in a medical setting but I I myself am never medical but what I help do is um you know like I had a client who labored for like 24 hours unmedicated was doing beautifully and then the the heart rate of the baby started to drop and within like 40 minutes she was you know, under general anesthesia, which is not common for a C-section. Um, usually it's, it takes much longer than that. And then the doctors were coming and, and talking about all the different things that they were, they were doing. And I feel like the art of like taking what I know about this and like presenting it. Cause of course the dad had been laboring with the mom, you know, he was tired. He didn't know the lingo, you know, and like being able to do that. Um, like that communication, like I think a lot of my art is, is communication but then also your medium um, is the human nervous system yeah yeah. by way of words Mm -hmm. and then with the medical side it's by by way of words but then when she was laboring unmedicated it was you know setting the scene you know it's like I may not set a movie scene but I walk into a room and I'm like wow these lights are too freaking bright to be pushing a baby you know like (laughs) where are my twinkly lights not unlike setting a movie scene though like that's what I'm saying it's like I think I think Sometimes people who have a an an ill-defined medium, and I mean it in like the most beautiful way, yeah, feel the least comfortable claiming a term like artist, but are the most are the most artful because it's it's not a separate skill. I mean, like, is it interior design? Is it like set design? Is it language? Is it writing? Is it physical touch? Like is it massage? Is it like, is it dance? You know, like all it's like a little bit of like so many things that it feels so obvious to me that it's, that it's art, but it's like hard to, it's hard to define a medium, but that's like, it's not a, it's not a, it's not a point in the cons column. It's a point in the pros column. Like the fact that the medium is like, stretchy outy is the whole 
thing that like that is the thing yeah and it's and it's interesting because like it sometimes feels you know it's harder to define and then sometimes it's like your paintbrushes don't like move on their own you know like you're not navigating a space with somebody else you know like it's yeah. It is. It's a. It's a dance, but it's not pre choreographed. Dancing you know, with now is perfect. Like, and I remember when you told me that, and you were like, "I've been playing around with this title." I was like, "You're not playing around with anything. Right. This is fucking it. Write it in stone." Yeah. I, I mean, am I remembering that wrong? I feel like that. Yeah. No, is you a conversation were. We had. You, yeah. Yeah. Like, no. This is what else could it ever be? Yeah. Uh. Gosh. Um, do you, finally, like, do you want to say anything about like what I asked this question before about the Venn diagram of medical and art? What I really want to know is whether you know things about like life and humanity, like that you'd like to share. Like, oh yeah, I that's, feel like you that's fucking another know things. book. Like, I feel like yeah. the things that people do to prepare for birth, I would like to be able to write about and like the parallels. Like yeah. I see a lot of parallels in in um, birth and like the postpartum period. Give us a little taste, like tell um, us something, tell me something. Like I would like breathing, like mindfulness, like active relaxation, like things that people do before they have a baby. Like I would love to write and be like here, like <laughs> even if you never plan on having a baby, like being aware of where you're holding tension. Mm. Um, you know, if you watch a, a woman have a baby, it's, they hold, hold tension during, during contractions, the same places that I see just people yeah. being tense when they're talking. Like I, yeah. I tell my clients butt cheek check, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah, watch yeah. a scary movie and notice where your butt cheeks are. Yeah. And if they're tight, my like actively, tight all the time, actively relax. Uh, I have friends who flex their foot up wow. shoulders to the ears, yeah, yeah. jaws, yeah. um, you know, and like flowing, flowing with what comes like the postpartum period, um, a lot of changes and like being gentle with yourself and, and, um, you know, there's no right answer. Like when you're having a baby, there's no right way to have a baby. Just like there's no right way to live like right and wrong on whose authority. (laughs) Okay. I got a weird question. Never a weird question. I'm open. You used to work with, you work with animals. Like you have worked with animals Mm -hmm. too. And now you work with people in this like very intimate setting. Like, do you, do you feel like there's something like different about humans? Like, what are your thoughts about humans as an animal? It's something that I also have been like thinking about a lot lately. Yeah, no, that's, that's really interesting. Cause I read a book that was about women where a zoologist observed women, yeah. like they would observe yeah. anything else. Um, <clears throat> and I think honestly, like animals are like in the moment. And very authentic in their response. And they're in the now, but they're not dancing. Right, no. It's no. Not creative. Yeah. Is that no. what it is? They're, they're just like, you know, I mean, like a dog isn't sitting there thinking, oh God, I have a vet appointment tomorrow. How am I going to be at that? What am I going to say to the yeah. vet? What are we going to talk about? You know, like, yeah. and the dog is also not like, oh God, and last time I went to the vet and da, 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 you know. Um, Bear does start panting in the car as soon as I get off of the mud exit. Right. He's like, he's like in that moment, he's like, like, now I know. Also the exit that like El Pollo Loco is at. And like, occasionally I'm not going to the vet. I'm just like going to, you know, and then I'm like, bear, it's not, you're really smart, but we're not going. We're getting chicken. Don't sweat it, bro. Um, humans are just complex, like beautifully complex. Like one of the parts of dancing with now is I was actually on, I was doing ayahuasca 
and there were people that would be like on their mat. Some of them were in like tears. Some of them were like laughing hysterically. There was rolling around. Like I'm walking around like doing what I'm doing. And there was just this sense of like, everybody is dancing. Like everybody has their own bullshit, like their own history, circumstances, feelings, opinions. And they're like kind of dancing in that whirlwind. And then I'm dancing in my own. And then like we come together and it's just what it is right now. But being open to like that changes because the bullshit I'm dancing with now and like what I'm growing with now is very different from what I was working on or like the space I was in 10 or 15 years ago. Mm. Um, And just meeting people wherever they're at, including myself. Yeah, um, I love it. Is is what it's all about, right? Ugh, yes. Amen. Preach. That's it. Okay. At the end, I ask everybody, what's your dream collaboration? It can be anything. You can... You can push this word to like whatever boundaries you want it to be in. Like in this moment, my, my dream that I would like to force myself to do is a glow up on TikTok. Okay. What about a collaboration? Like I would like somebody else cause I can't glow myself oh, up. Oh, I see. So I would I like see. somebody else to dress me yeah. and like do my makeup and like figure out how to do, cause like I'm so technologically resistant yeah I also don't even know like the the thing so my my collaborative dreams right now are fairly simple I like it (laughs) but it's uh this year has been like doing stuff that you know the growth lies in the stuff that like makes me uncomfortable yeah like I was a little bit nervous to come on here but it was like it still felt right yeah but it's like I can be nervous and still do things say yes to the dress Right. Say yes to the podcast. And I think, I think a glow up would, would help, help with what I'm working on with how I see myself versus how other people see me. Cause honestly, I think the before is how I picture myself and the after would be, but I'm like, I don't even know. Yeah. I love the idea also that you're collaborating with birthing mothers and then infants. I know. Like, like infants are your collaborators too, which is just like something. And they, they are just, uh, they are like in the moment to the back. They're just bundles of love. Yeah, you love babies and God. you love dogs. And they're so, so grounding. Pure. I love it. Like, I love it. Definitely. Is a baby different from a dog? <laughs> Not a whole lot. <laughs> they're both master vibers. <laughs> More potential. More. <laughs> yeah, sure. More potential in a baby. You know that big head is full of stuff. Right. But that the love, the love and the the presentness in the moment and like the needs of like right now, very similar. Yeah. Okay. Tell people where to find your work. Give me all your handles. Oh, see, this is and the website. It is. Well, the website you'll find Listen, is old dancing shoes. This isn't going to be out until like April. Okay, so I have time to actually have stuff Mm -hmm, on mm -hmm, there by the mm -hmm, time it comes mm -hmm. out. So it's dancingwithnow.com. Okay. And then that's also my... um, Instagram. Instagram. TikTok. TikTok. Uh, I now, I just pulled the trigger and also got a Facebook with Dancing With Now. Um, And then what's the doula? Is it Emily the doula? It right now is Facebook Emily the doula. And for the listeners, she travels. You don't got to be in Texas. Right. 
it, it, it would be kind of expensive for me to travel, but oh. I do travel. You do. Well, I know you're in Florida sometimes. Yeah. And my like, oh yeah, like postpartumly travel. And I would love to have like a tiny house on wheels and be able to like bro legit travel. But you do travel. Mm-hmm. You do. Yeah. 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 Okay. Okay. Emily, thanks so much for being Thank here you. with me in this podcast. This has been awesome. <laughs> I love you. I, I love you're the you best. too. <laughs> you same right back at you. <laughs> Thanks for listening to Artifice. Our theme song is As You Are from My Album Masks with artwork and merch designs by Sarah Keel. If you'd like to recommend a professional artist for an interview on the podcast, you can reach me through my website, emilymerrellmusic.com. That's E-M-I-L-Y-M-E-R-R-E-L-L music.com. And don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe. Thanks again. Have a great week.